Welcome to What's Good Under the Hood. Here we go. It's What's Good Under the Hood. Rob Sanders from Fox Sports Radio, 1400 AM. And the owner of Mazda of Columbia, Greg Hood. Rob's waving. Greg. What's up? What's good under the hood? Yeah, hey, I got to make a comment here. My sister uh, watched a couple podcasts and she goes, don't you ever change your shirt? I said, yeah, but sometimes we do a couple podcasts at a time. So I don't go change my shirt. So I'm wearing the same one I was last week. Last week. And, and sometimes you'll wear, the, the funny part is you'll wear the same shirt two weeks, three weeks later on some day. I did that. Happens to be the, the black t-shirt. One. Now four in a row, four podcasts in a row, I'm wearing the same black t-shirt. Are you really? Well, yeah. what a good time. See, I'm glad I brought it up. I'm going to eventually wash it. We should start a GoFundMe to get Andy a white T-shirt. That way he can. (laughs) So you can wear it long enough before it turns black. That's beautiful. That would be great. (laughs) Because I end up spilling coffee on it. I can't wear. I can't wear white at all because I'll spill shit on it. Anyway, Rob, you had a a question uh, to lead off today. Well, and I was reading. uh, I read this article from U.S. News and World Reports, and it was about how to buy a car right now with without overpaying. And, you know, I think a lot of folks right now are just saying, you know, I'm going to hold on to my car uh, because, you know, the economy's kind of iffy with with certain things. But I think a lot of people are holding on to their car. But if you're pushed into a point where you're going to buy a car, the way this article talks is like everybody's out to try to get you to overpay. And is there really a strategy to, that you can avoid that? Or is it just silliness? Well, first, I want to address these U.S. News and World Reports and the what are the other companies that are, you know, Consumer Reports and all these guys. These articles are made for them to make money on. And so the slant that they put on these things are kind of comical. Um, You know, should you wait to buy a car? I don't know. That's up to you. One of the things that said in there is that you should compromise on what you want. Well, you know what? If I'm buying a damn car, I'm not going to go out. I want to buy a Porsche, but I'm going to head over and, you know, buy a Kia Soul. I mean, just there isn't that kind of compromise uh, or shouldn't be, really. I mean, if that's what you really want, then you get what you want and you may have to wait for it. Then will you have to pay more for it? Maybe. I think the one thing that they did say and that we are taking note of is that you can widen your footprint of where you're looking and, be, and really more of that has to do with inventory, but somewhat price. I mean, um, you know, no, and, and I'll be straight up. I mean, are we discounting cars like we did, uh, you know, a year and a half ago? No. But the manufacturer's not giving you the financing they were giving you a year and a half ago because they were buying that down. They call it some vented rates and they're not throwing big rebates on a car. Why are they going to give you a rebate on a car when they don't even have one to sell you? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So it, are they? do they cost a little bit more money? Yeah. I mean, they do. Are you getting creamed? Maybe if you go to the wrong place. I mean, you know, there's certain brands that, or certain cars um, that are um, making a lot of money. They're making a lot of money on it. And I won't mention the person, but I know somebody very close to me that uh, sold a car and it was sold for $77,000 over MSRP. Well, that's a lot of money, but there aren't any available. The guy wanted it. And so, and everybody else is doing the same thing, but that's their choice. The market bears that. Yeah, it's their choice and, whether they want to pay too much or not. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, and it's basically a racing car. So, you know, there's a reason that it's so much money. They're going to make nothing, darn near none of them. And it's a very unique situation. What kind of car? And that's it? not unique to this. Uh, it was Corvette. Uh, but that's very not 
really very unique to the really upper end car market. I mean, if it's supply, definitely supply and demand in that market, if people have enough money to pay it, that's great. But I will just tell you that, you know, you, if you can still be a good consumer and you can still, you know, figure out what you want. And if you are patient and kind, you will generally, generally get you know, a reasonable deal deal from most dealerships. I mean, some are worse than others. We know that. It's always been that way. There's nothing new to this game as far as that goes. But the bottom line is, you know, I can look at what our averages are on what we're making on a, on a car, and are they higher than they were a year and a half ago? Yes. Are they significantly higher than they were a year ago? No. And part of that reason is, is that we're still trying to fit things into people's budgets. So if you're trying to fit it into a budget, you know, I can, just because I ask $10 million over MSRP and understand the word MSR or the statement MSRP, that's what the manufacturer suggests we sell it for. So people say, well, I, you know, I got laid in the weeds on this car because I paid over MSRP. No, that they made the MSRP back when there were plenty of them. They didn't go in and change the MSRP on their cars. The market shifted. And that doesn't mean the car's not worth the money that they paid, even if they paid more than MSRP. And I can prove that in real estate. Do houses go up? Yes. Are they going up now? Yes. I mean, there's a house I sold in California, and I happen to look on Zillow, and they have now exceeded what they were back in their peak uh, in 2005. So that market has gone back completely. So is the, the person that buys a house, are they getting taken advantage of? No, they make a decision. If they can afford it, they do it. When I read articles like this, um, it frustrates me a little bit because they send people down a path of naivete that they're they're um, telling them how to be, you know, Mister Stud or Stud it when they go into a car dealership and kind of, you know, make sure we know how the cow ate the cabbage. And I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it's <laughs> the, the cabbage. I've never heard that one before. You've got some of the best best sayings. I have colloquialisms, yes. I, I think I got those from my dad. He was kind of the king of them. He's got a lot. He had a lot of them. He's a great dude. When, when I read this stuff, it's almost like you're gearing up for war. And it's, yes. we're getting, we're going to go and we, we have to go and fight these people to get this car. Yes. And it's, it doesn't have to be that way. That's correct. It's Listen, we've been horse trading since there were horses, right? It's no different. We've got a horse. We want to sell it. We got a car. We want to sell it. It's no different. So, but the negotiation part of it happens on a horse too. So, did they did they used to get mad at each other over that? I don't know. I never sold a horse, but um, I, I can tell you this is that it doesn't have to be war. It can certainly be a pleasant experience, and it's real simple. If we're asking something for the car, and you like the car, and it's affordable, and you want it or you need it, then you buy it. And if you don't like the terms of it, then you don't buy it, right? So why do they have to be kind of angry at us? They don't. They can just come in and try and figure it out. But there is a this, and there's certain people that do it too. It's like they we don't come into work and huddle around like a football team and go, oh, we'll kill them today. We're going to rip their throat out. We're going to do all, you know, we don't do that. We're, we're, hey, what's going on? How you doing today? Good morning. Nice to see you. And we go in and we conduct business like a business does. And then you sometimes get people that read articles like this that, or read the book or watch some video of some former car salesman that says he knows how to skin you. And it just doesn't work. If you come in and you treat us well 
and we treat you well and we come to an agreement, isn't that the best? Just be nice. Yeah, but but here's the most important part of the whole thing, and, and I'm giving up a, a, a secret of the car business. The people we make the most money on are the best people to do business with from our perspective. They don't fight with us coming in. And you know the best part is when something goes haywire with their car, we're also in the trenches with them, fighting to get it fixed, do it right, give them a loaner car, do anything we can to help them. But the guy that comes in and just grinds and grinds and grinds and grinds, and then we're fighting with him over that grind. And then when it's all done, he's mad and he gives us a bad survey because he came in and didn't pay what the manufacturer manufacturer suggested. So, you know, and I can't tell you how many times in my career, because we were chasing some number, we lost two grand to sell a car. And then the guy fillets us in a survey and said they were terrible people. They didn't negotiate. What? So, you know, there's and we used to say, hey, pay sticker. It's quicker. That was our funny little thing that we, you know, toss out there. But there is some truth to that. And if you pay sticker on a car now, there's not very much markup in it. I I think it was like our third podcast we did. I talked about that. I mean, I, you know, Mazda 3 has got about 350 bucks markup in it. So if if people think they're going to come in and get all kinds of money off, they're not. You know, the question is, how much over are you going to pay? And if you really want some special car, then you're going to pay special money. If you want a regular car, you're just going to pay regular money. It, it's just that simple. It's supply and demand. So this kind of garbage that they put uh, out, you know, I could extract pieces out, out of it that made sense. Um, you know, but on the whole, you know, I think they're kind of going down the wrong path and educating people, like you said, Rob, to fight. And there's no need for it. How long have you been doing this? Started in 1983. What what inspires you to get into the business? My father. Really? Why I, is that? I was working in a restaurant and... Um, my dad and my relationship, I would say we were kind of edgy there for a while as I was a young man. And I was um, on an, an errant path. I don't know. I wasn't doing very good. Um, I didn't have the proper state of mind. But when I turned 23, I'd kind of straightened up. I didn't get in trouble. I Not legal stuff. But it just I wasn't. I was a screwball as a normal kid. And when I hit about 23, I kind of started pulling it all together. And, and my dad, who was absolutely a car nut. Um, had an opportunity to uh, rent, and it was an old gas station in Folsom, California, and my dad called it Calling All Cars, and he hung out a sign, and he went, and he bought a car, and he sold it to the mayor of Folsom, his very first car deal, and uh, and it began, and so I would go out there and talk to my dad while he's out there on the weekends, and finally I said, hey, do you mind if I come out and work? And he said, no, that would be great. And so I kind of started working with him. Next thing you know, I started selling some cars. And then I learned how to become a new car broker. And they don't do that anymore. And it kind of went away with uh, some vented rates because while we were in business out there, um, interest rates went through the roof when you go back into the uh, early to mid-80s. And so that's when uh, General Motors and everybody introduced these you know, 5.9 or 4.9% interest rates. And we were outside of that loop because, you know, the credit union rates were 12% or 13%. And so a lot of the business that we were doing uh, started revolving around financing. Well, the dealers no longer wanted to participate in selling cars to a broker. Um, that was a way for them to move our inventory, turn inventory. And what I did 
in, we were in Northern California being in Folsom. Uh, but I had a guy that I worked with who was absolutely a nut. He was Dave the dealer was his name. And I would call him on the phone and he was helping dealers in Southern California move their inventory. But for example, there was a Honda dealer in Hemet, California. Hemet? Yeah, I think it was Hemet. Um, and it was, uh, or there was also one um, down by Mono Lake. And they would get a Honda Prelude SI uh, in, as an allocation. And that's a mountainy area or where they needed four-wheel drive vehicles or that kind of stuff. So it was a kind of a square peg around whole situation for them for inventory. So they would be happy to sell that car, you know, for a hundred bucks over invoice. But in Sacramento, where that car was super, super hot and in high demand, they were bringing, you know, $4,000, $5,000 over MSRP then. And so I, as a broker, would go buy the car from the dealer down there and resell it to them in our market for less money. And so I became relatively successful doing that. So it was, uh, and then I end up going, they were building a bridge across the river and, it, you know, the car dealership was going to go away. So I ended up going to work for a uh, franchise car dealer, a Lincoln Mercury store who I'd done some business with and I knew them well and uh, started selling cars on the line there. And then from there I was, um, I got a job as a fleet manager because I understood through brokering, I understood what they did. And then from there, I was a sales manager and then a general sales manager and then a general manager and then an owner. So it was a, a now long. Now here you are, you're an owner owner of, of Mazda of Columbia. Correct. And you guys are making big changes down there. How's the construction going? We're absolutely, we're one day behind. That's what they said. And they can make that up really quick. So we are just <laughs> spot on for. Uh, what's going on? The weather's been really good. So the concrete got poured uh, for our shop and they got everything done the way it needed to be done. It looks really good. Um, they on Thursday, I thought they were starting last Thursday, but I was told yesterday it's this Thursday. They're actually starting to build the metal building. They had to let the concrete cure before they could start doing it. I thought one thing was really interesting as I was in the building yesterday and the superintendent brings me over and he says, have you ever seen something like this? And there's a beam that was running across the top about halfway from the back to the showroom, and it was twisted. And I've never seen a metal beam twisted, but when they went in there to cut the stairs out that went upstairs, and I both of you guys were in my office, there were stairs on both sides of the showroom. They cut the stairs. The stairs swung around and actually twisted an iron beam. I was like, wow, I've never seen that. So anyway, they're replacing it, and it's all good. But um, no, we're we're right where we need to be. Uh, so we should be end of April, beginning of May, and we'll be in business. Let me tell you something. I can't wait because it's going to be, you know, I, I had to actually pay for the furniture today, which that's painful. You know, when you buy furniture, commercial furniture is expensive. It just takes your breath away how much money it is. And I, I went through and looked at what they did, and I think I bought nice furniture, but I shaved a lot of money off of it because I don't, find the need to spend that kind of dough with, you know, uh, make it look nice and last a long time. That's good. But, uh, you know, it just is breathtaking how much money it is. Nice to hear things are going well, though. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing the new building. What's good under the hood? Greg Hood, Rob Sanders, and me, Andy Woods. Thanks for listening and or watching. Once again, if you're only listening, you can check it out on the Mazda of Columbia YouTube channel.